You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. My final guest this evening is up in Kells in County Meath. Olivia Duff is heavily involved in the Scion Festival of Food and Culture, which takes place at the start of November. Let's find out more. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Olivia, great to have you on the show. And you're going to tell us tonight all about the Scion Festival of Food and Culture that's taken place in Kells at the start of November. This is the fifth year of the event. Tell us how it all began. Hi Sharon, delighted to be here and have this opportunity. Um, congratulations on your, your 10 years. I know uh, it's it's a great um a great celebration and you've certainly highlighted some wonderful topics and people down through the years. So I'm very delighted to be here. Um I suppose Samhain is um the flagship event, if you like, for what we're trying to achieve in the Boyne Valley in all things food and drink. Um, and being on brand, the birthplace of Ireland's ancient East, um, we, it's not just about being a food festival or a cookery demonstration. It's celebrating very much our food and food culture. Um, and in an Irish context, we kind of have felt that maybe that's something we needed to really celebrate more. Um, it came from, um, I, I suppose, um, Taste the Island was uh, the first year um, and the, the whole idea that Halloween began in the Boyne Valley and in County Meath, um, but we didn't want really it to be kind of a, um, a, a Halloween-centric event. We wanted something that would be more based around feasting and so we went back to our pagan roots and um, again, 5,000 years. And that's kind of our tagline, celebrating 5,000 years of food and culture. And of course, the four pagan feasts of the year and the last one being Samhain. Samhain translating as November, but also the time at the end of harvest when you feast and you celebrate everything from the land that's been harvested over the course of the year and that coming together of breaking bread. Um, and all of the times that we break bread through food through uh, throughout the year. Um, so um, that's where the concept came from. And initially we were kind of going to hold it over Halloween weekend. And then we said, you know, you know what, actually, if you look back in the annals of history, the time of Samhain and that feasting period when in, in pagan terms, the veil between this this world and the next was at its thinnest, was somewhere between the 4th to the 7th of November. And so our festival um, has um, been held and will hopefully continue to be held that first weekend of, of November. So it's the 2nd to the 5th of November this year. Um, and it's very much around feasting and celebrating our food culture and our history and everything really from from the land and what we have here in the Boyne Valley, this lush landscape. Um, and then the other backbone to the festival also came from the Hinterland Festival here in Kells is our literary festival, which came from the Hay Festival in, in Wales, the largest literary festival in the world and Kells synonymous with the Book of Kells and all things literary. 
Um, we're never going to get that book back, but we will always have that literary connection. So that's kind of one of our, our criteria as well, is that we we brought it around published um published authors and cookbooks and celebrating the written word around food. Um and, and we kind of felt also that there was very much kind of a gap in the market there as well. So so very unique in its kind of approach that it's not just another you know cookery demo or it's not it, it's not just a bit of fun but that there is kind of an underlying kind of objective there in celebrating our food culture. Well before we get into the detail of the various different events that are taking place over the, the course of the, the weekend mm. I want to ask you about Boyne Valley flavours because you have a really strong network in the region of food and drink producers we were very good at working together and collaborating together. Yeah. Um, listen, we couldn't do this um, without the support of Boyne Valley Flavours. And we're really, really lucky that Louth and Meath have come together in the belief of this brand of the Boyne Valley. And, and you know, what what an incredible testimony only two weeks ago to uh, to receive the news that the Boyne Valley is now going to have its own national park um, with the purchase of the state of, of Douthall and lands. And it just couldn't be more fitting um, to kind of where we're going as a collaborative um, there's no doubt about it. I go around the country beating that drum that together we're so much stronger working um, as as a cooperative and that sense of cooperation. Um, Boyne Valley flavors probably known for the Boyne Valley food series most in its in, in its earlier years and now kind of developing food experiences um, and kind of Samhain was was kind of the next step to have a flagship um, festival. And then out of Samhain in just pre-COVID, um, Sally and John McKenna named it as the, the best new um, food festival that year. And we kind of looked at each other and we said, right, this is really kind of gaining traction. And there seems to be, excuse the pun, an appetite for this. But um, of where we were going with our message, we said, right, what's next? And... So we did a feasibility study in 2020 for looking at a centre of excellence for the region. And that now has really come to life. And only two weeks ago, we had um, a girl called Ella Ryan start in the role as development manager for the Centre of Food Culture. And um, that you know, we have our strategy, we have our action plan, and that's all through Boyne Valley Flavours and working together. Um, but we're, we're at nothing without our producers and the landscape that the Boyne Valley gives us to produce that food as well. So um, we're, we're blessed with an amazing array of, of great, not just products, but people behind them. And our one of our central goals now kind of going forward is trying to get local produce on local menus. And one of the things we're doing throughout not just Samhain, but also Puka and the Festival of Light coming up. We have a Boyne Valley Bites campaign where we've had Tara Walker and Connor Haypenny go around um go, go around different venues, uh, doing workshops on actually using local produce to for restaurants, cafes, hotels to submit their local dish that must be 
kind of analysed and given the green light to to come on board to be their Boyne Valley Bite. And then over the next week or two now, we'll be going out at large with a campaign and kind of a, a visual campaign to stop here and enjoy your Boyne Valley Bite. So that's really exciting. And again, that's through Boyne Valley Flavours. So we're just so blessed with the support of you know the county councils both loud and mead and in fairness fall to ireland have really jumped on board with this as well but that's i suppose because we we go to them with a well thought out sound plan and a strategy all the time and if you do that i think they'll always open the door and and show the support but you need to have the plan I think to to people like you and I showcasing local ingredients on local menus, it's kind of a no brainer. And it always surprises me and probably shocks me a bit how, and this is around the, the whole country of Ireland and beyond, how restaurateurs and cafes don't name check those local suppliers on their menus when on a number of occasions they are using them but they don't seem to really appreciate how the consumer loves to see that and they can nearly even use it as a roadmap of different producers to visit in a region. Yeah absolutely um there, there's a couple of issues there I'm really experiencing this at the moment firsthand in rolling out this campaign First of all, I mean, I hate to bring it up, but, you know, the, the, the state of our our industry at the moment, all of our kitchens, no matter how honest and how hardworking our, our kitchens, our, our, you know, business owners are, um, it's it's on everybody's lips that it's it's not the most maybe attractive career option at the minute. So I personally never felt that, you know, kitchens are in so many kitchens are in survival mode there's some of course there's eateries and 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 chefs and owners doing amazing things um but they're in this survival mode where it's very easy to go to the larger catalog and put in that order at 11 o'clock at night knowing that that order is going to be at 8 a.m and uh, on the doorstep in the morning and it takes more work and more effort to actually you know forage out that really great producer who is producing something that is truly unique to the region, has a story behind it, is flavoursome, is in season, but it takes work from the chef. And equally then it takes work from the producer. And we have an, the second issue is the procurement piece. So the distribution and procurement in smaller goods, in smaller businesses, getting them rolled out and getting producers into the kitchen and really nurturing that relationship. That's something as a nation we need a, a bigger think about because absolutely there's champions out there. We just need to keep keep forging away because I, I'm so determined. Like they look at me sometimes coming in saying, please, please, what is she at now? But, you know, Sometimes it's just an educational piece as well. I brought a couple of our chefs to the workshop with Tara Walker and Connor Haypenny and he said, but sure, we're doing that anyway, but we're just not calling it out. So, you know, like we're getting all of our, all of our, for example, our, our beef mints is one example from Kalua Castle now, and it's a moiled beef herd from just out the road, largest moiled, moiled cattle herd in the country and making beautiful fresh burgers. But 
the lads would just, you know, maybe putting that on, on the menu as a, a, you know, a homemade beef burger instead of calling it out exactly what it is, that it's it's a heritage moiled beef burger with 15 fields cheddar, et cetera, et cetera. And what that does then is here's the commercial piece. It gives competitive advantage. And of course, you can charge a little bit extra for that quality, but it's definitely an educational piece. And it's, again, a shift in our food culture. We need our frontline people to have the confidence to tell the story as well of the food. Um, so I think it's a slow burner, um, but I think, again, it needs a collaborative approach. And I think in fairness, Volcha have really seen the value of of supporting this. So I hope it will be rolled out kind of nationwide in, in terms of food policy or strategy as well. Well, look, let's stay with education and producers, because part of the Scion programme includes going to farms and a food safari as well. Yeah, which will be mighty crack. Like, you know, when you're putting a festival program together and you you really want people to kind of get out and experience producers and everything, then you've got to remember that they're also buying a ticket to have a bit of fun. So everything we've kind of I tried to do along the way with this program has kind of been fun based like um so we we've the bus we um organized for for the saturday morning saturday the 4th of november our hub this year will take place in two really cool nuns chapels across the way from the hotel um and we're going to have like lots of things going on over there from kombucha workshops to to bookshops to kids kids demos on a, on a kind of a, a rolling calendar and then you'll head out and, yeah, there's three or four really gorgeous producers involved. And that's food safari from Marty Mill to, you know, standing in the in the goat shed with Michael Finnegan and uh, tasting his cheese um, to kind of visiting distilleries then as well before you come back. And um, then you can continue the afternoon with the a cocktail session with the gastro gaze or the night before we have our literary pub crawl as well. So, um, you know, it's all about kind of bringing people, connecting people to the source of the produce, but putting a little bit of fun in there as well. Um, like I hope to get our kids out to Hogan's farm uh, for a turkey walk and talk on the Saturday. And then on Sunday, we've Kahlua uh, for a farm walk. And like that's that was the first event to um, to sell out. So it just shows that people are dying to make that connection and, and get to the source of their food. And you did mention cookery demonstrations a couple of times that this is more than just cookery demonstrations in terms of festival. But of course, cookery demos are really quite important. They are one of those elements of a food festival that does appeal to a wide range of people. So you are having some cookery demos. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we've we've actually an amazing ticket where you can buy a full day ticket for the for the demos each day for 20 euro because again we just want to see people there in in taking part in in, in the wider festival, if you like. Um all of our demos are centered around published um artists. So every every person that does a demo will bring their book. So um and we're really, really blessed that we've we've kind of nurtured a lovely relationship over the last few years with um Kristen Jensen with Blast Books. So 
Sunday, for example, are all the Blasta book new authors for, for 2023 and just the, the brand new um, published ones like Bahé as well. Um, and again, bringing it back to food and culture. So it's Irish food through a Philippine uh, lens. We have Darina Allen with her new book, Bread. Um, we have Paul Flynn with Butter Boy. Um, our, our cultural team as well this year, going back again to our, our roots in agriculture in the Boyne Valley is the cow. So we're celebrating everything about our history and our connection with beef and dairy. So having Paul Flynn there with Butter Boy is brilliant. And we also have Max Jones who will do um, a butter making demonstration. And he's directly after Darina so, or um, vice versa. So you'll be able to enjoy freshly made bread and butter. And then, of course, we'll serve that butter at the long table supper then on the Saturday night, which has been curated by Enda McAvoy. So um, we're, you know, there's some really great events. And and again, bringing the fun element into it. So we have like um, Dee Laffin and um, uh, Blanca and May um, are coming down with their book Soup. Um, and we have Sing for Your Soup. So it's... Um, a winter centric um soup orientated session in the book market um on the Saturday afternoon, but there'll be some great, great songs and things happening at the same time. So um, you know, we've tried to bring a bit of fun and kind of festival in um atmosphere into everything we're doing. The long table dinner that's taking place in the Hepford Arms in your family's hotel. And you mentioned yeah. Michael Voy there. He's a Michelin star chef. And I can only assume that the, the menu is going to be <laughs> a list of who's who in the food and drink producer club in the, the region. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've no pressure. And McAvoy taking over our family kitchen for the night. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm not really sleeping at the moment, but um, he's such a great guy to work with. And we've sat down for hours on end, myself, himself, and like Kevin Sheridan is, is really key to all of this as well, um, who feels so passionate about it all. And we've Sally Ann Cooney is, is curating kind of the drinks piece on it too. So um, everything is 200% committed to just the landscape um, purely around us on, on this menu and what's in season. Um, and then it's telling the story again of beef and dairy so um yeah it's going to be it's going to be a stunning menu um starting with kind of drink canapes um a fully matched drinks menu um we have lovely biodynamic wines as well um and um kind of um it, it's going to be it's long table so it's communal so i've uh, you know, won't won't hold back in saying that it's pie for main course. So there's some really delicate uh, elements, and then it's 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 pie for main course, um, because it's all about feasting and breaking bread, um, and of course, and as every year, we'll be welcoming the spirits to dinner, and we'll be leaving an empty chair at the top of the room for the spirit to join us. <laughs> Fantastic! And look, you've talked about the cookery demonstrations the master classes, the farm visits, the kids' workshops. So it is a very family-friendly, general public type event. But then for people who are maybe more into the industry side of things, you have different talks with, you've mentioned John and Sally McKenna, Darina Allen. And do you want to talk a bit about 
the, the symposium side of things? Yeah, so I think it's it's really important to us um throughout Salon that um we don't we have fun, but that we don't distance ourselves away from important issues that need to be discussed. When you have um such a profile of not just food writers but personalities of food and, and those who are championing you know not just sustainability but regeneration in town then I feel a real responsibility to say, right, let's talk about. So each year we start off, well, first of all, on Friday morning, we start off with our transition year TY Cooks competition, which is brilliantly supported by Super Values. So we have our, our transition year cooks um, will we'll, um, cook up a, a two course meal that like that this competition started in in back in may um and we have kevin dundon and connor hapenny um going to judge that competition and then they'll be introduced to the symposium um for a bula bus and they'll go on to the regional finals then Cavan monaghan and it's really something that we want to kind of roll out nationally so if anybody's listening i know tom flavin down in in Limerick has spoken about joining up the dots on this as well, you know, really getting our TY uh, students into the into the kitchen and going through a process like this is just brilliant because they have to think about sourcing their ingredients and coming up with concepts and seasonality and all that sort of thing. So that's Friday morning. And then Friday afternoon, this is the serious, we, we get through kind of the serious part of the weekend, I think first, and but it makes us all think a little. So as I said, this year's theme is the cow, and um, we are really fortunate to have a brilliant lineup um, with uh, Dr. Brendan Dumford from the Burn is coming up to talk about, you know, not just the Burn Bio and the Winteridge, but the incredible links between the Burn and the Boyne. And did you know, like the largest landowners down in the Burn are still a County Mead family, and that's because cattle for hundreds of years travelled from County Mead right down to the burn to winter and then to finish again in the in the pastures of mead but it was the different landscapes complementing each other that produced this incredible beef so there's so many stories to be told but again we need to look to the past for our issues uh, to be solved for the future so looking at our beef production the state of our dairy uh, industry you know can is there a place for heritage in common food policy um, at the moment, and that will be that will um be the topic of our panel discussion, um, and then we have uh Simone Scashi coming from um the Future Food Institute of Bologna, whom again with our our Center of Food Culture we hope to kind of work with more and more in the future, um. Unfortunately, I should mention that Paolo um. Uh, sorry, Carlo Petrini was to uh, travel um, from, of course, uh, Slow Food um, in Italy and the University of Gastronomic Science. And we just learned late yesterday that he's done well. So um, just want to wish him wish him the best and hope that we will have him over in the months to come when, he, when you know, he's feeling better. Um, so, yeah, that panel um, will be very uh, kind of a very hearty panel on where we can take learnings from the past for our future. Um, and then we have some sessions throughout the weekend. We call them the courthouse sessions. We've Dara McCullough 
um, going to host a session on the Sunday um, on the future of food in Ireland. And we have the pre-premiere of that documentary um, of the future of food in Ireland. So that's going to be screened on uh, Sunday evening at five o'clock. And that's our kind of our closing event. So again, really lucky to have that documentary in town. And we have a lot of the people that have taken part in that documentary taken, taken part as well in the discussion. So a jam-packed four days, Olivia. If anybody wants to find out more about the programme to buy tickets, where is the best place for them to go to? Yeah, sure. So it's all on boynevalleyflavors.ie. And if you log into Boyne Valley Flavors, the program is right there in front of you. Um, some some events are sold out already. Um, some events are uh, there are some tickets left. There's some really you know good value as I said to kind of buy a day ticket or like the kids events. We've amazing kids events from. Uh, kids take over on lunch boxes, which is the bane of everybody's household. Uh, with Katrina from the Bunnery, we've Graham Hetterick, the amazing uh, cupcake bloke, doing a kids session, and um, he's also uh, can I just say um, the pick event for me over the weekend, the one I want to be at is probably Graham's Brack menu, and that's taking place in the Red Chapel on the Saturday. So if there was one little shout out and tickets still remaining to an event, that's the one I'd probably uh, just have a, a soft spot for. Um, but yeah, tickets are going really fast and really well. And we hope to see people from all, all across uh, the county and country uh, for Sound in Kells this year. Well, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about it this evening, Olivia, and best of luck with it. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Sharon. Sure, hopefully we, we might see you in town. And thanks a million. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM.